0: yeah winds make the beer colder and the hot dogs even tastier but we are consistent in who we are and who we look regardless of where we are in the up and down cycle no different than friends you and i have known each other through good times and bad times but you're always brian
1: welcome to the sports business radio podcast i'm your host brian berger you can find the Sports Business Radio podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram, at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Sports Business Radio. My guest this week, Declan Bolger, he is the Senior Vice President and CMO of Cronky Sports and Entertainment. Cronky Sports and Entertainment oversees the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, the Colorado Mammoth, and an RSN. So Declan has his hands full, but He's one of the more diverse executives in all of sports. He's worked in Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Soccer, and now the NLL. Enjoy my conversation with Declan Bolger.
0: Thank great Brian. Great to hear from you. Good uh miss having those cups of tea and coffee here in uh, in Oregon.
1: Yeah, let's start with the cups of tea. You are from London. Give us your background, because I think a lot of people would be interested in how you got from London. You grew up in in London, and then you wound up in the United States working for all the franchises that I just mentioned. What was your path?
0: So I grew up in West London, um, was training to be a teacher in London, uh, St. Mary's College, University of London. And then I used to spend the summer coming over to the States coaching soccer for fun, Uh, You know, working at summer camps out there in the field, And uh, when I was over, I really enjoyed the American sports system. It was very different going to games than what I experienced in growing up in London. And um, really had an opportunity to see games and see there was something different that got me intrigued. Then uh, fate smiled on me, and I was very lucky. At the same camp one year was a gentleman by the name of Bernie Mullen. Bernie at the time was with Bill Sutton and Steve Hardy, Uh, writing the first sports marketing textbook and uh, he was kind enough to give me a copy of that back on the old uh, computer printout days. Read it and said this is something I'm very interested in. That resulted in uh, me going, decided and taking a chance and going to graduate school. Went to UMass Amherst, uh, got my master's degree there. While I was there I was even more intrigued about the US sports system and needed to figure out a way that I could gain some experience here, so um, Bernie by then had moved on to work for the Pittsburgh Pirates, so my job that, that term in Amherst was to figure out a way for him to see that I could be an intern for him. So I ended up being an intern with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, in the meantime, I met a young lady, an uh, American lady, so I decided to stay in the States. And then started my career from there. I worked for a guy by the name of Dean Jordan. Um, He went down to start the Marlins. And then when Mr. Huizinga bought the hockey team, the Florida Panthers, he asked me to come and join them. And that was an amazing seven-year experience with Mr. Huizinga starting a hockey team from scratch. Then I was fortunate enough to go work for Telleantus. Ran the Capitals for him for a number of years. Short stint in Portland with the Trailblazers, where you and I got to know each other, and then spent uh, 10 years with MOS in their club services, traveling to all the teams, using data and insight to help go individual team performances, and lastly, here a year ago, joined Cronky Sports as their CMO. So quick overview of my uh, interesting career well
1: and i mean there's a lot to take away from what you just said but one of the things you take away is you've worked for some really interesting owners wayne hyzenga yeah. ted leonsis paul allen now you're working for stan Kroenke. uh i'm sure each is different in their own right as are the leagues but what's it like i guess navigating different leagues because a lot of people it's interesting in sports their kind of career in one sport, like I've worked in Major League Baseball my entire career, the NBA. You've worked in all these different sports and leagues. That's got to give you an interesting perspective.
0: Yeah, at, at, at its core, we, I, I say we're trying to in, grow and engage a fan base. And sport is the excuse or the medium we're to do that. And then they have, we're trying to win games, which makes sports unique. So each one of those owners, I gleaned some different insights. So when they worked for TED, it was really interesting back in the AOL days, this notion of community, of how can I grow this community. When I was with Mr. Heisinger, he really taught me about repeat business. And if you look at his business strengths with waste management and uh, back day blockbuster video it was getting customers and keeping customers was his was some of the traits I worked for, joined from those guys and then obviously with MLS an opportunity to grow that you know if you think about it tw- 10 years ago very differently what it is here managing scale and growing that interest and fan base before thinking of monetizing it.
1: Yeah, I always say, you know, sports marketing is one of the hardest jobs in sports because you don't control the wins and losses, right? Like you're left with whatever the team produces, but you have to sell and market that team based on their cast of characters on the court, the ice or the field or, or you know, the wins and losses. You're held responsible for that no matter what. Are there some universal things that you apply to no matter what your record is? Like the Chicago Cubs for so many years, the lovable losers. People came to Wrigley Field and went to games even though they weren't winning. Are there some, is there a recipe that you use that says, hey, no matter what, here are the core elements of sports marketing?
0: I think it's, I make the analogy, and you may have heard me before, Brian. It's like the, the individual teams are, I don't like the word brand, but I like the word personality. And there are different traits that those, or characteristic that those clubs or properties have. And you find like-minded people who, uh, who uh, connect with those brands and traits. What I find is that the winning, in my view, brings just a bigger spotlight. It brings more people to come in and see what you look like, what you stand for. So it's very, very important for us, here, it's like for the ABS, for example, last year. This time last year, we had the worst record in the National Hockey League by a long margin, and people were doubting us. And we were, and Joe Sakic, our uh, GM, was. You know, we we we're, we're the same club and the same values, regardless of our wins and losses. Yeah, wins make the beer colder, and the hot dogs even tastier but we are consistent in who we are and who we look regardless of where we are in the up and down cycle no different than friends you and i have known each other through good times and bad times but you're always brian uh, always brian now obviously in the good times you're more fun to be around but you're still <laughs> brian so that's what we try and we don't we try not that that's those and we find Rather than, like with soccer was a great example, rather than trying to convert people from one sport to another, we find more like-minded individuals and bring those in. This is not Christianity going through Europe, spreading the word. This is, hey, if you like what we are, please come on board. Please be a part of what we're doing. And no better experience than we had in South Florida. We weren't there spreading the word of hockey. We were finding hockey fans and bring them into our Panther fold.
1: Let's dig into your role with Cronky Sports and Entertainment. You know, it's an interesting market deck, Denver is. You've got the Nuggets, the Avs, the Rapids, the Mammoth under your uh, purview, but then you've also got the Broncos and you've got uh, the Colorado Rockies, it's a crowded market. For people listening to this right now who haven't been to Denver, explain the Denver sports landscape.
0: Um, one of the most saturated sports market per capital, and you've also got CU and CSU. CU, CU's up in Boulder, right. CSU further north. We've even, we've got even got two lacrosse teams. We've got an outdoor lacrosse team and an indoor lacrosse team. We've got DU hockey, basketball, and they're the reigning national champions. So very, very strong um, sports property, which I think actually makes us better. And what's the amazing thing about Denver is when we think. We have, we are close to satisfying the appetite for sports. There's just more, and what amazes me, um, you and I have a few grey hairs. We never cease to amaze. That cease to amaze us that the appetite for sports seems insatiable. Who would have thought back home in Portland we would have two sports talk radio stations talking about sports? So the the appetite for sports is continues to grow, which is great for us. I think what it does it for, when there is competition as there is here, it forces us to be even more clear on who we are and what we stand for and what and trying not to be something other than we aren't. And each of the clubs here have tried to be a unique, deliver something unique to the city of Denver. I bring X or Y to that city. We're all trying to win, which is a given. We're all trying to have fun as we do that. But each bring a unique and different kind of promise or personality to the city and so far it's worked. There's a different environment for a Mammoth lacrosse than say CU football or a Broncos game. So each one of them if we stay in our lanes and try and go deeper these are the off- these are the offerings that we offer.
1: How much cross promotion do you do? So promoting Nuggets games at Avalanche games and vice versa?
0: We, we leverage that but the we, I would say 80-20 would be us but we, we're a one of our advantages is candidly our scale, so how can we help our clubs? But what we've done, Brian, to help that, we've divided the um, the, the, the marketing team into five distinct brand managers, uh, hockey, basketball, uh, abs, nuggets, mammoth, rapids, and altitude sports, or RSN. in each one of those individuals is charged with how do I go deeper and focus and deliver more of that promise for that particular audience? And then there's 20% I call, how do we be be each other's partner and help each other out to deliver that audience? Because we only just deliver a specialty of hockey fans, we also deliver general fans. And, and what I thought was a really good example is when the Rapids brought in a new coach, Anthony, we were able to utilize the Avs Nuggets who were in season at the time to bring the spotlight to the Rapids, you know, to share that story that we have a new coach and here's his story through our TV, radio, in-game broadcasts.
1: Explain your specific role and responsibilities with Cronky Sports Entertainment. I think people would be interested in that.
0: So uh, my primary responsibility is is marketing and connecting our teams here in town. So four teams in the altitude, uh, sport RSN going from Canada to Mexico through the mountains. So my way wake up every day focusing on how can I grow our fan base and increase the engagement of our fan base? How do I make those people hopefully more avid about those teams and further connect? And today that becomes even more fun with... The you know digital and social technology, having our broadcast in house, having our radio as well as our games of so looking, how do I make this club a bigger part of your life? In yeah. the simplest terms.
1: Yeah, I mean that's really interesting that you've got an RSN that you oversee and you've got the media and, and you know more and more teams are controlling their own media. So you've got an RSN, but you've got to deal with them. Or in your case, you own the RSN. There's this debate going on with a lot of the people I know that work with teams and then with RSNs. Sometimes the RSN, the people might be a little critical of the performance of the team and the team is like, Hey, look, you work for us. You know, we need to have positivity. Um, but you still want people to, to tell the truth. That's an interesting dynamic. Have you ever, you know, met with your broadcasters with the RSN and said, Hey, look, here's what we expect from you.
0: Um, I, 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 less of what we expect from is here, here is, um, here is our messaging. This is, these are the key things that we're trying to show of our direction. So if it's inaccurate, then like with any media partner, one should jump, jump in and say, no, this is, it's red, not blue. But where we, we found it is, a, there's a, there's a great factor of our audience and there's a line which our audience is really good at telling us our fan base is if, what side of that line we're on? If we are, you know, we're down, you know, ten nothing at the Rapids game, and we're saying everything is wonderful. There's just the credibility that our audience delivers, right? Which is more important than any other fact that we we do is like, um, you know, we, we if if we're not playing well, we our audience is there, and they you know they're they're smart. When we talk down to them, that's when we get into trouble, when we treat them with respect and dignity, and that's where that audience feedback comes in.
1: Griggs, you and I are always out at special events. We've been at Sports PR Summit in New York. We do the Sports Business Radio Roadshow. We've been in L.A. and New York. And one of the things that's important to us is looking our best being in uh, clothes that we like, right? I agree. I mean, the first time I went to New York, I, I did not look my best, and I did not get <laughs> let in the Plaza <laughs> Hotel. That's right. So I've learned that i got to look better. Yeah, You kind of look like a homeless person. <laughs> so uh, we, we've tried to upgrade your uh, apparel since then, and one of the big reasons that we're feeling confident when we dress and, and go to our events is Indochino. Uh, they have suits that are made to fit us. They're customized. It's a super simple process to get clothes that fit your specific body. Sometimes you go buy something off the rack and it just doesn't feel like it's customized to you. You're like, the sleeves are too long or the shirt is too short or my pants are too tight. When you work with Indochino, you can visit a showroom or shop online at indochino.com. You pick your fabric You choose your customizations, you submit your exact specific measurements, and you wait for your custom suit to arrive in just a few weeks. Griggs, I just got a customized shirt that I wore on the red carpet at uh, the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. It felt great. It was to my specific measurements. I felt like a million dollars out there. I love it because it is a simple process with Indochino and you can just go on there. Like you said, fill out, pretty much fill out the blanks and pick whatever suit, fabric, shirts, whatever you want. And then it shows up at your doorstep. It's really cool and easy to use and your shirt looked great and some of the suits I've looked online are great. And I just love the process. It's super simple. You don't have to go to a store and boom, you got a suit that fits you. Yeah. I mean, when it shows up on your doorstep, you ordered it online. To your exact customizations. It's really cool. So, look, this is a neat thing for our listeners, Sports Business Radio listeners. You can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when you enter SBR at checkout. That's SBR, like Sports Business Radio. That's 50% off the regular price of a made-to-measure premium suit, plus... Shipping is free. I hate when I pay for something. And then, you know, especially something that's more than like a couple dollars. And then they're like, you got to pay another $25 for shipping. So the shipping is free. Just go to Indochino.com, promo code SBR for any premium suit for just $379 and free shipping. It's really an incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. You've been on the job now, what, a year, almost a year?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brian, yes. Yeah. So when you first took
1: the job and and like any job, you know, people tell you, "Oh, here's what you're going to be doing and everything." And then you <laughs> get there and you really see what the landscape is and you're able to personally diagnose it. So when you first got there, what would you say were the things that you said, "All right, here's my diagnosis. Here's what needs to change or or be done uh in with the Declan Bulger touch to it."
0: The the primary thing what I really wanted to do is I keep using this phrase of what goodness do the individual teams bring to the city? What is that special nuance value? What are our fans looking for? Like we all want to win, we all want to get in in and out of the building quickly and safely. We want our beer to be cold, our hot dogs to be hot. But there's an intrinsic emotional connection that we have, done, have, have, have to mine and every day deeper understand. So that was the first focus is what's the nuance that we bring? Secondly, or at the same time, was our staff. And we can have the best theories in the world, but getting understand our, our staff and what our staffing needs so we can execute that plan. Those are the two main things that I focused on when I got here.
1: Interesting. Let's dig in on a specific case study, one that I paid close attention to. I'm sitting watching the NBA finals and I start to see that the new Denver Nuggets uniforms are being mm-hmm. revealed. And I actually liked it because, you know, as I said on Twitter at SB Radio, I said, this is really clever. Everyone's paying attention to NBA Twitter right now and to the NBA and You know, it is a little bit of guerrilla marketing, which I liked. It's like, hey, look at us over here. We're going to reveal the uniforms instead of waiting until after the season when, you know, people aren't talking about the NBA as much. I thought, A, the uniforms, I really like them. They are sharp. I like the colors. Uh, I like the mile high city version the best. But I liked it, But I liked how you guys did it with putting them out on social media during the NBA Finals when everyone was paying attention. What was your strategy?
0: Quite simply, Brian, we we wanted to make as big a set of noise when people are interested in basketball. Right. That that's candidly where our, our focus was. When let's make when we are when when either the Nuggets or the sport is relevant and we have the most attention and eyeballs. Let's take advantage of that, as opposed to say August, which we're going into. It's a lot quieter month. I, I would say to my friends, "There's no better." When I was in hockey, there's no better time to sell hockey than in March in the playoff run. Rather than create it, what was interesting was I. I so that was kind of the, the when we did it. The why we did it was if you look at the uniforms of the teams here in town. The Nuggets are unique and different as their uniforms over the years have changed and evolved. And it's really clear that we reflect the city that we're in. This city was once a a mining outpost, a commercial outpost, then it became a government center, then it's grown into a a communication center, then a tech center. So the city of Denver today is not what it was 20 years ago, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, 100 years ago. And like the city of Denver, our team evolves and changes. And we, who knows, we may change the uniform in another 10 years to reflect the era of Nuggets basketball that we're in. But the interesting for us was, let us reflect the city that we serve and build that connection to the city. Some brands have Uh, a tradition and a nuance that they can only be pinstripes like the Yankees. Our brand and personality is different as we embrace change when we evolve like the city that we call home.
1: Well, I really like the uniforms. Let's go back. You and I always talk about how the sausage is made, right? So (laughs) if you back up, so June was the release of the Nuggets new uniforms. When did the process start? When did the sausage start being made on the rebrand of the Nuggets uniforms. Is that a year back? Is it two years two back? Year,
0: two years ago, and I I'm, i was relatively late to the uh, the, the, the party. real uh, all came from our president, Josh Kroenke, who once again wanted the uniforms to reflect this new and current era of uh, of, of Nuggets basketball. If you look back over our history, different uniforms reflected different eras in our team's history. There was the light blue uniforms with Carmelo and AI. There was the dark blue with Alex English, sorry, with the, with the Kemba Matombo Skyline with Alec English. So there's different eras. So he was really, you know, predicted this era of Nuggets basketball that we're in with Jokic, Harris, Jamal Murray, uh, Paul Millsap, really this current era. So he was very inspirational and was one. And two, that it, continues to reflect the city that we 're in, hence the mile high city uniform, so that the inspiration came from Josh. then it was a combination between our in house of Kelly and Graham working behind the scenes with designs and tweaking designs, and then on the uniforms themselves partnering with Nike for uh to to create those so the team really drove the logos and marks look and feel with the nBA and the um, and then partnered with Nike for the uniforms, which they did very well, and the nuances and, you know, the style and cut.
1: And when you guys decide, hey, two years ago, we want to redo our uniforms, you've got to notify the league. You've got to get permission from the league. There's a whole process. It's not like you can just decide one day, you know what? We're going to change the uniforms. You have to meet
0: certain requirements, right? Yeah, and a lot of that is to do with our local and national partners. It, there's turnaround time for Nikes, for all of our uh, merchandise producers to have those marks, and we want a good partner. We don't necessarily want them to be printing and making new products, and all of a sudden we say, oh, yeah, by the way, we've changed it, and they have all of this stock. And, and that, 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 that's one piece. Two, there's just the legal requirements of – Trademarking all of those marks around the world because the NBA being such an international league, so that it, it it has an, it's one of those ripple effects. A, a mark or logo change has an effect across the whole NBA and basketball ecosystem.
1: Let's talk about live event experiences. I know we've talked about the Denver market, but. You know, I always tell people it's such a competitive time for the leisure dollar, whether it's the movies or e-sports or people just sitting on their mobile device, getting them to a live event, getting them to spend money to come to your live event. Do you see this as being one of the more, uh, not difficult, but just challenging times in competing for that leisure dollar?
0: It, it's even even more challenging because my options are so bountiful. There are so many things that I can choose to do in my life. Therefore, even more important for us to really focus on who we are and what we deliver. Um, what we we'd use a term here internally is of Sears. Sears, unfortunately, is dying because they're trying to be everything to everybody. Well, we've become more of like, we're going to deliver the best NBA-type experience in Denver, and with all of the razzmatazz and show and mascots, is the NBA experience, which is different from an Avs experience, which is hockey, traditional hockey and Zambonis and ice and all of those pieces, even though they're in the same venue. And then we have the mammoth too. I think there's a really good case study of what MLS did, Brian. When MLS started, we back in '96, you know, we weren't sure of what the league should be, and we had candidly some, you know, we changed the rules, had crazy names and uniforms, and then we've become to to, to to determine our unique place of what North American soccer is and then, hence, embracement of supporters and understanding the differences they bring got rid of the shootout. So, once again, more narrowly defining of what we deliver to that audience. Now, the challenge is there's so many other options we can do from from phones, video, etc. Therefore, be really clear and loud on how we deliver it, and being and being unique and different as opposed to trying to copy somebody else.
1: One of the things we talked about a little bit earlier, and and it goes into getting people involved with the live event experience. I really believe that you've got to offer unique experiences, whether it's meet and greets with the players or loyalty programs or merchandise, things that are going to get people excited about coming to the game. How much do you guys do that? And then, you know, you work on the business side, how much are you able to work with the hockey or basketball or soccer operations people to say, you know what, we need some participation from the players every once in a while to make this a truly unique experience for our fans
0: Well, we, we, let me ask the second question first is we're really, we're really lucky here we've got Tim Connolly, our president of Boss Operations, Joe Sackick uh, general manager from uh, on the hockey, Poreg uh, from our Rapids, and then uh, Dan Carey on our Mammoth side and we we use the term internally. It's like a restaurant. You go to a restaurant, Brian. If the food's good but the service is bad, it's a bad restaurant. And our fans don't see us as different departments. They see all as, all as one. And under Josh and G- Josh direction, Jim and Matt's direction, we've been really clear of how can we help each other win. We fill the building. Our players. It, it makes everything better. Our players feel more engaged as a engaged staff. So our players uh, are like all of us are working to try and make this a hockey town, basketball town, soccer town, lacrosse town. So we're pretty engaged on how we can connect with um, through our players, our fans, and and that's where I'm really um, amazed. How giving they are of their time. And, and you know, just look at the time commitments that guys have as all of our staff of making that available. So, where we've really been able to make some strides is a uh digital and social teams, and how they're able to tell that player story, hopefully in a non-invasive way so we don't get in the way of them doing what they need to do to be a better basketball player, hockey player, soccer lacrosse player, but tell that story, and we're blessed that. We're very lucky that we've got guys who buy into that, who want to connect to this audience, and it's that relationship. In many ways, they say, guys, let's just put our fans and players together and get the suits out of the way. So there's a kind of an, but and then there's some obviously logistical things. We're not doing an autograph session right before we go out onto the ice, right? So, that, but there's a give and take, um, and but we've all, we all want, uh, we're all got a single vision and of like of helping us drive and, and connect these teams and players to this city and grow, and it's like everybody wins if we do it right. In the day to day, the logistical challenges of trying to Make things work in their own unique way, based on schedules and guys needing some rest. But on the whole, uh, our our athletes have been really good, and like all of us in every department, kind of respect to what they have to do and drive them.
1: Jacqueline, just a few minutes left. The Cronky family, an interesting family. Obviously, Stan and the family own the Los Angeles Rams, in addition to KSE. Uh, you work most closely with Josh. What is Josh like for people who haven't met him before?
0: Josh is an amazingly um, engaging individual. He, I don't know, I don't know how he does it between um, the, the LA Arsenal in London. Amazingly like, dynamic individual who um, has a really hard and hard work ethic. Um, Really cares about these teams and pours his heart and soul into it. Um, I don't know how he crams 36 hours in a 24 hour day. When you get him, is is extremely engaging and has a wonderful um, uh, desire for all of us to be successful. And we're here every day. The great news is that they provide us the tools and i've listed some of those to do the job but very very caring about these teams and an amazing desire to want to win um, which i think he's an athlete at heart <laughs> that way
1: that's great very competitive all right last question are there any sports business trends that you're paying attention to right now i mean you know look esports is growing uh, streaming video is really starting to get traction and take off. Is there anything that you're looking at in particular right now?
0: The the obvious one is where digital, where social, where di- where video or what we think of video is how we're going to distribute our product. Um, that and and can we be the first to to engage in that? And I, and I look back if I go back, what the Cubs did. In the early days of embracing radio, and then there were the Mets, Cubs, and Braves that embraced TV, even the NFL, how they embraced. I'm really intrigued on how our product is going to be distributed and how we're making that transition from a local brand to a national brand. When I was a kid in London, I didn't know about U.S. sports. Now my nephew in London can follow basically everything and anything from his phone or Mm. iPad. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, like he, you know, um, where before, uh, you know, back, I'm dating myself, my mom would send me rolled up newspapers of (laughs) stories when I was first coaching of of the standings in England. Of now, you know, every... so. uh, Distribution is everywhere, which is great for us and also a negative for us because everybody else has that distribution. If you want to see the Essendon Eagles of the Australian League, you can do that in some form. The Premier League is everywhere, NBA is where. So I think the trend is how do we become global brands while keeping that local nuance? And and I'm fascinated by what's happening in soccer with individuals buying up. Big um, city brands, PSG, AS Roma, um, those are the ones I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how they turn out, what's going to happen there. But distribution is the, how I get that message out to our fan base in even more. If you think it's competitive in Denver, it's really competitive across the world.
1: One of the most diverse executives in all of sports. Declan Bolger, Senior Vice President and CMO of Cronky Sports and Entertainment. Follow him on Twitter at Declan Bolger, B-O-L-G-E-R. Declan, so proud of you. Uh, always a pleasure to catch up, and I'm glad that we finally got you on Sports Business Radio.
0: Thank you, Brian. I look forward to seeing you in Denver very, very soon. Thanks, Brian.
1: You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast, mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert... Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. And we also want to thank Indochino, a reminder, a special deal for Sports Business Radio listeners. You can get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at indochino.com and enter SBR at checkout. That's SBR like Sports Business Radio. I am loving my suits and my shirts from Indochino. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and of course, at SportsBusinessRadio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SBRadio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger, bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Hammer. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian.
0: It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir.
1: Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fizdale. You're the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. He was very interesting. You ask great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.